Good morning, everyone. Is it up? Good morning, everyone. It's good to have you here at Christ Life Ministries in this morning for the morning devotion. So uh, welcome, and uh, let's see if we have some people here. Um, I see there's two watching. We'll see who it is in just a minute. So <laughs> it's good to have you here. Um, I'm just going to jump right into the word, and then um, we can greet and chat and so on later. So uh, isn't it an awesome day? Don't you think the weather this week is just incredible for everyone that's around here, around the Pretoria area? Uh, it's just so nice. It's, it's like feeling like spring already. It's nice. It's so, such, a, such a good vibe. Okay. So I'm going to start reading in Galatians chapter 3. Hello, Greg. Yeah, it's good to see you, Greg. Lacker, man. Greg is watching there from the UK, and my beautiful wife, Lene, is watching there. So uh, I, have a, I have a message for you, and it's going to really bless you. So uh, let's, let's just get into it. It says here in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, Amplified, O you poor and silly, and thoughtless, and unreflecting, and senseless Galatians. <laughs> so, uh, I've said this many times, the, the original Greek word there leans more toward unreflecting, but it is translated in most places as uh, you silly or you um, foolish Galatians. Okay, so he says, who has fascinated or bewitched or cast a spell over you, unto whom right before your very eyes Jesus Christ was openly and graphically set forth and portrayed as crucified? Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit as the result of obeying the law and doing its works? Or was it by hearing the message of the gospel and believing it? Was it from observing a law of rituals or from a message of faith. Okay, so what he implies very strongly here is that the Holy Spirit only comes by hearing the message of the gospel and believing it. The Holy Spirit does not come by trying to obey the works of the law. Because if the Holy Spirit came by trying to obey the works of the law, then surely the Holy Spirit would have been poured out before the cross of Christ. Surely then the Holy Spirit would have been uh, poured out and, and made visible to all the people that tried to obey the law of Moses. But, even you know, the, the closer people got to really um, conforming to the system of the law, the, the worse they became. So if you look at the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the scribes, I mean, there was, uh, they were, Jesus called them whitewashed tombstones. You know, this is beautiful outside, but the inside is full of dead bones. All right, so the only way we receive the Holy Spirit is by trusting in what Jesus did on the cross. Now he says here, verse 3, Are you so foolish and so senseless and so silly, having begun your new life spiritually, with the Holy Spirit, are you now reaching perfection by dependence on the flesh? Okay, so reaching perfection, getting to a point where we are manifested, every, when people look at you, they see Jesus in every 
aspect, okay? So I can agree that not one of us are there yet. But there are, there are various uh, levels of manifestation that, that people walk in. And uh, all of that depends completely on how much they hear and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ and how much, in contradiction to that, how much they try to save themselves and to change themselves by doing the works of the law. So the two are against one another. They are antagonistic to one another. So if you try to be better, then you are relying on yourself and you are not relying on the Holy Spirit. But if you are relying on the Holy Spirit purely because of the message that you heard and you rely on the Holy Spirit by grace, then the Holy Spirit living inside you will live through you and show the perfections of God, the perfections of Christ in your life. All right. So, and the more we surrender to him, the more him who is perfect is visible and more of the perfection of Christ is seen in our life. So that which, which we see of Christ in the lives of people is from someone within them, and that is perfection. And if you look at that person, you take a magnifying glass to everything they do and say, you will see that it's not always perfection shining through. Sometimes it's them shining through because not everyone is totally yielded to the Holy Spirit who is perfect. All right, so it's not in us trying to be perfect in word and deed. It's in us getting to a point where we rely on him and we stop relying on ourselves. Where we completely depend on the cross and we depend nothing on our own works, our own understanding, our own way of doing things. All right. So he says, verse 4, have you suffered so many things and experienced so much all for nothing? Okay, so there's two questions. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now reaching perfection by dependence on the flesh? Which is, which is a, a, a really contradicting thought because the Holy Spirit is perfect. God is perfect. And there is no one else apart from God who is perfect. So for us to reach perfection, the Holy Spirit needs to take over completely. So that's the concept of perfection in the New Testament. Now, also, um, Galatians chapter 3, I think around about verse 14, speaks of uh, love being the bond of perfectness or the bond of perfection. And love, love is God, and God is perfect. So uh, the more the love of God is manifested in our life. With other words, it's not me thinking, it's not me speaking. I'm yielded to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is living through me. That's perfection. So you can't reach perfection without the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is perfection. All right? So, and then the next one, have you suffered so much or for nothing? So they were persecuted because of their faith. So because they boldly proclaimed Jesus... And because they were completely in, uh, in the message that said you are saved by grace through faith. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Because that's what they believed. The people that were in the legalistic message that now tried to infiltrate them to turn them back to the law. Those people first, at first persecuted them but then they started infiltrating them. Okay. So uh, if, the, if, if the enemy won't succeed in in persecuting they will try, try to to get it from within okay so so with false doctrines and false doctrines leaning towards you 
having to change yourself to, be, to get to a standard of living which is acceptable to God. There's only one thing acceptable to God, and that's the perfection, the fullness of the stature of Christ. That's acceptable to God. Anything else you try is unacceptable to God. So um, the, the concept here that God wanted to, to from the beginning, um, to establish here is that we uh, rely on him. I don't try to establish myself in perfection like him to establish another one like him and therefore uh, try to usurp his authority. I rather come to him, embrace him, yield to him completely and let him be all in all, honor him and lift him up so that he can take complete control of me live in me and show his perfection through me to the world. It's about the dependence. It's about the relationship. Legalism is about God is there, I am here, and by a law, I am trying to make myself like him. And that in itself is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and that in itself is rebellion towards God. So that's why the law can never save. On this side, you have God who is merciful and who loves us, and who wants to dwell with us and inside us, who cleansed us with his blood, who sanctified us, and now gave us his Holy Spirit so that we can be one. All right, so in union with Christ, we have been made perfect. Outside of union with Christ, we will never be perfect. Okay, so the word perfection also means uh, to complete something. So if a house is perfected, it is being built, you know, so the, the, the snag list is now finished. All the tiles that was hollow have been replaced. All the, you know, the railings that were, that were skew have been made straight, you know, and all the, the pelmets and the curtains, everything is up and the furnishings are in there and the paint's up. Everything is done. It is done. It is finished. That is perfection. Okay, so perfection is, yes, without spot or blemish, but perfection is complete, to be complete. And the completion is with the Holy Spirit. You have been created to be clothed over with the Holy Ghost. You have been created to be indwelt by the Holy Ghost. So without the Holy Ghost, you are not complete. All right, so you can only reach perfection when you receive the Holy Spirit and let him manifest in, in his fullness in your life. So he comes to dwell inside and then he manifests on you so that only him is seen. That is perfection. Completeness. You get to a point where it is, you, you, are, you disappear into him and it's him that is seen. That is the new creation. That is what God created. So... Man wanted to be perfect without God. God said, no, I made you for me. <laughs> Our bodies were made for the Lord. Um, so that's what 1 Corinthians 6 also says, that the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. So your the purpose of your body is to be the home of the Holy Ghost. That's the purpose of your body. So body, soul, spirit can only be perfect when the Holy Spirit is, is present and manifested. All right, so, and you can only receive the Holy Spirit by grace and never by trying to obey the works of the law. 
All right? So you can never, you can, whatever you do outside of faith is sin. Romans chapter 14. <laughs> what, and faith brings the, the Holy Spirit on the scene. Faith in the cross of Christ, faith in Jesus brings the Holy Spirit. Without faith, everything you do is sin. Okay, so people try to be perfect by trying to conform to the standard of a law. No, the standard is actually spiritual. And that's what Romans 7 verse, I think, 14 says, the law is spiritual. So the standard is spiritual. If you don't have the Spirit, sorry, you can never reach the standard. Which means the moment you receive the Holy Spirit, the law in its fullness is completely fulfilled in you and the standard is reached. Okay? So by grace, the law is fulfilled. By grace, the standard is reached. So the more you yield, the more perfection is seen. It's by grace. All right. So the suffering is simply the persecution that people brought. God never intended for people to be persecuted. But uh, it says in Galatians chapter 4 also that um, it says the, the one born from the flesh, even today also, Galatians 4, will always persecute the one born remarkably by promise or by the, by the working of the Holy Ghost. So... Um, those of the flesh will always persecute those of the spirit. So that was what it was about. They were boldly proclaiming Christ. The persecution came. And now Paul says, hey, but what did you suffer this stuff for? Why did you suffer the persecution? You were boldly proclaiming it and you, you, you got these people upset. But now they're happy with you because you started changing what you're saying to conform to what they're saying, bringing people back in under the law. He says, I'm alarmed about you. He says in Galatians, previous chapters, he said, uh, I'm surprised that you can turn back to another gospel so quickly. So the another gospel is the gospel that's intermingled with the law. You know, if you take wine and you put some, you, a few drops of, of poison in there, that whole cup of wine is, is contaminated. A little leaven leavens the whole lump, okay? So I know the, the gospel said they will drink any deadly thing and it will not hurt them, you know, in, in Mark chapter 16. And that is true. But concerning... What you hear with the gospel concerning drinking the living waters, hey, don't mix it. Because every time you turn to the law to try and be better, to try and get to a standard, to prove to God that you can be better, you inject yourself with death, with poison. So every time you lean on your own strength, you bring a little bit of death into your system. A little drop of death, a little, another injection. You know, another drop in the wine. So the gospel, which is the bread and the wine, cannot give you life as it is intended to if it is mixed with poison. And the poison that people mix it with seems good, but it is the absolute opposite of the gospel, which is the preaching of the law. So the preaching of the law seems good. Listen, hey, you need a moral standard. Yes, we need the moral standard. That's why we trust the Holy Spirit that he is holy and moral. The Holy Spirit is holy. The Holy Spirit is moral. The Holy Spirit is never going to uh, break the law because he is the fulfillment of it. So if we are completely yielded to the Holy Spirit, says Galatians chapter 5, there is no law that, that, um, 
that can accuse us. Okay, he says this fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, meekness, temperance, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. He said, and if you are subject to the Spirit, you are no longer under the law. Okay, also, Romans chapter 6 says uh, that uh, sin shall not exert dominion over you. Since now you are no longer under the law as slaves, but under grace as subjects of God's mercy. So the grace side is the, gra- is, is the side where Christ in his holiness, in his righteousness can live through you. And the righteousness of God is made manifest and seen. Okay? And on the law side, all you get is a veneer. All you get is a show. Hey, look at me. I'm so righteous. But inside... No righteousness at all. Inside, they're ravening wolves. Inside, it's full of dead bones. All right? So it's just people, you know, you see, you see a different side of people once you get to be a pastor. You know, um, and that, I'm not saying you have to be careful with me, really. I don't care. Okay? So whatever you say, I don't care. <laughs> blessed, be blessed. You'll always find grace with me. But listen, people try to convince the pastor. People try to convince the pastor. And the, the funny thing is that religiosity can be seen a mile away. <laughs> but if you, can, if you can convince everyone around you that you're good, and if you convince your pastor that you're good, then, yeah, no, then everyone's good with you. you just, as long as your pastor never finds out what you did. Listen, if your pastor knows the message, then it wouldn't matter if your pastor found out what you did then the pastor would be the first one bringing grace and mercy and forgiveness and the blood of Christ to you so that you can get out of it. Do you get what I'm saying? So, uh, and, and for that matter, I'm not the one that you need to convince anyway. <laughs> but, um, but what I'm trying to say is the law is a veneer, a show of holiness, but it changes nothing inside the heart. The gospel is goes straight into the deepest part of your heart and brings change there. So you, the change is not always seen immediately, but it saves you from the inside out. And over time, you see people grow in grace. Okay, So don't judge too quickly, because you can see someone not doing something, and they can be far from God in their hearts because of religion. And you can see something do, someone doing stuff, and they can be close to God, but they're growing in grace. All right? Don't judge on outward appearances. God looks at the heart. It's all about what you believe. Yes, for sure, if you believe the grace, it will, you will start seeing change. And if you see, hey, this person is changing, and there's growth happening over time, you can sh- surely know that this person is listening to the right message. It is by grace alone. So I want to encourage you, never accuse yourself. Never condemn yourself. I've been down that road. It's, it's horrible for everyone around you. If you're hard on yourself, then everyone around you has to listen to all the nonsense that, you, that, that, you, you, that you're struggling with. You know, they, they're always they're looking at your turmoil, and people just they have their own issues. They don't want that also. So the harder you the more religious you are on yourself, the, the more prone you will be to, to uh, outbursts of rage or to... Uh, all kinds of, you know, bad stuff, right? But the more that you just 
realize that God loves you as you are and the, the grace of God will change you. And this message of the gospel that brought you salvation will bring you to the fullness of the manifestation of perfection, Christ showing, shining from you. Then you can just rest then realize it's God's work in you and it's not your work. Okay? So don't fear people's judgment. Don't fear the pointing of the finger. God is not pointing a finger at you. So if God is not pointing a finger at you, who is anyone else to point a finger at you? Especially yourself. Don't point a finger at yourself. Because that is uh, taking you in the opposite growth, in the opposite direction of where the Spirit of God is taking you. All right. So that's why Paul was alarmed and he was, he was talking kind of harshly with these people and saying, Listen, you suffered all these things for nothing. You are now going back to the law. You're going in the opposite direction of what, of what I brought to you, of the salvation that I brought to you. So um, we need to keep on receiving the same message that brought us salvation. And the same message that brought us salvation will take us and let us grow into perfection. Okay, verse 5 says, He who supplies you with his marvelous Holy Spirit and works powerfully and miraculously among you, does he do so on the grounds of you doing what the law demands or because of your believing, adhering, trusting, relying on the message that you heard? Okay, so apart from the, the moral aspect of life and apart from this, the sinful aspect which is completely washed away by the blood of Jesus, you're cleansed and you're declared righteous, the righteousness of God by grace. Apart from that, there's another aspect of grace which is the power of God. Outwardly, not only inwardly. And outwardly meaning the showing that the, the marvelous Holy Spirit working powerfully and miraculously. You're laying your hands on the sick and they get healed. Cancers getting healed. Blind eyes, deaf ears opening. Miracles happening because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, which only comes by grace. I want to go so far as to say that the power of the Holy Ghost is grace. If you see the power of the Holy Ghost working in someone's life, you see grace in operation. So don't criticize when people are doing it. Don't tell, don't tell someone they're doing it wrong if the blind see. No, but you, you have to do it this way and you have to. You can't, like I got people, you know, they, they criticize me because when I, lay, when, when I pray for people, it's just like I just feel something build up in me and I'm... Phew, <laughs> and then the, then the pain goes. You know, that's just how I do it. What, is, no, no, it's not scriptural for you to blow over the people. Well, especially now. <laughs> I think it's not legal. So I'll blow that way. Whatever. That's, it's not the method. It's what's happening inside when you pray for the people. And are they healed afterwards? You know, people come, no, you're not supposed to worship like this. You're supposed to worship like this. Hey, if someone has fruit in their life, don't tell them they're doing it wrong. Stop it. You know, don't be religious about those things. It's, isn't it funny that the people who are full of, of, of the um, rules and trying to criticize you and everything that you do and how you pray for the sick and pray, how you open up the eyes of the blind and how you open up the ears of the, and how you take away the crutches and you can't say this and you can't say this and you can't say this and you must do this and that. They never have miracles. They never have any fruit, but they know everything about it. Isn't that funny? Okay. So you, grace is not to be reasoned about, and it's not about all the knowledge that you have. Grace is, is received, and it's the power of God in you, doing a work in you and through you. So if you can, if there's some change in your life, we can see, okay, there's some grace. I think a great example of what I'm trying to say is, is David Hogan. 
So some of you may not know who David Hogan is. Just Google him and you'll find out quick enough. He looks like, you know, looks like someone you don't want to mess with, you know. <laughs> Shaving his head and he's got this big beard and he's like this incredibly abrasive, bold person, you know. It's this, it's this guy from the swamps in Louisiana, you know, so redneck type guy. And he, he got a word from God and he went to Mexico and now they've got a thousand churches in Mexico and they've raised 600 people from the dead and they've got churches all over the world now. Okay, what a man of God. So people criticized him saying, you're too harsh. Yes, but the dead are raised. Yeah, you, you, you're too strict. Okay, but the blind see and the deaf hear and the lepers are cleansed. He tells stories of laying hands on a leper and he's just, you know, putting his hand into all that gross stuff coming. He put his hand in there and that person got healed. Lips that was off because of leprosy and ears off, nose off. Came back like a month later, lips back. Everything grew back. No, yes. Okay? So don't criticize someone's method, someone's way. Someone's way, his relationship, his walk with God, if there's miracles. If you see the miracles, you see proof of grace received. Because there's no way of, of earning a miracle. Zero way. So if someone found a way to, to independence on the Holy Spirit, heal the sick and raise the dead, don't criticize that way because it's working. It's God moving. It's grace. All right? And... I've, I've spent some time with him, and whatever, what comes out of his mouth is he speaks of the mercy of God all the time. He speaks of the mercy of God. He speaks of the mercy of God. He just wants to get himself out of the way and to make more space for the great Holy Ghost. That's how he calls him. All right, so, so people really want to criticize, but, yay, look at the fruit. Okay? So don't say people are religious when they've got the fruit Proving the power of God, the grace of God. Okay? So if the fruit is there, um, I'm not speaking of gifting alone. I know there's this thing going around of you don't confuse gifting with fruit and all that. Okay. But I see miracles and signs and wonders as fruit. Fruit of grace received somewhere. So you don't have to, uh, to live perfectly according to the law and never make a mistake for God to use you. And is it, is it good and proper then to get certain um, behavioral patterns that keep on repeating in check and get it in order for sure. But that will also happen by grace. So just keep on receiving grace and the grace will sort out the behavior, but the, the grace will heal the sick and raise the dead. So, so don't, don't play off the one for the other. You know, if, if, you, um, if you can receive a car and a house from God, and someone received the house, now you're criticizing because you first need to receive the car and the house. No, you already received the house, you can receive the car later. Do you get what I'm saying? It's, it's just different areas where you receive grace. All right, so uh, it's by grace. Everything that we do is by grace. It is not by you trying to be better. You can see the greatest miracle that you've ever seen after you've did your worst. Okay, you can feel the most condemned in your life and in a moment receive grace and open the eyes of the blind. It's, it's, I've seen it in my life. Sometimes when we go out to Mama Lordi and to minister to the sick, I saw the greatest miracles when I felt my worst. So it's something that Catherine Kuhlman used to say. She, she said, if I go and um, if I have a bad day, I just go and look for sick people to pray for. 
So now the Holy Spirit flows, and the sick people are healed, and immediately your 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 attention is glued back on Him, and He fills your whole being. How amazing is that? It's really by grace. To heal the sick is by grace. And that grace is available for everybody. That grace uh, is, is on tap. You can just receive it, but you have to go and receive it. It's not automatic, but it's by grace. All right. So um, I'm a bit off what I thought I was going to say, but it's okay. I just want to read one thing out of Acts chapter 10, and then we're going to... And then we're going to love you and leave you. Okay, so Acts chapter 10, um, Cornelius' household, they were receiving the Holy Spirit. Okay, so, so this just connects with Acts, uh, Galatians chapter 3. So um, the message was brought to them. Verse 38, Acts chapter 10, how God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power. How he went about doing good and in particular curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil, for God was with him. All right, so if the miracles are there, you can be sure someone is receiving grace. Okay, verse 39, and we are eye and ear witnesses of everything that he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. And yet they put him out of the way and murdered him by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be manifest and plainly seen, not by all, but to us who were chosen before and by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. Verse 42, and he charged us to preach to the people and to bear solemn testimony that he is the God-appointed God and judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets testify and bear witness that everyone, everyone, Remember, he's now speaking to Gentiles. The first time the Holy Ghost was poured out on the Gentiles, not Jews now. So it's everyone. These guys never knew the law. They don't know the law. They, they've never obeyed the law of Moses. Okay. Everyone who believes in him, who adheres to trust and relies on him, giving himself to him, receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all who were listening to the message. Oh, Galatians, who were also Gentiles, let me ask you this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law or was it by hearing a message and believing it? So you don't have to go through all the stuff that a lot of Pentecostal churches teach about how to receive the Holy Ghost. I mean, if it works for you, great. So if you find something that works, go for it. But it's not necessarily the only way. These guys didn't go through the four spiritual laws. These guys didn't confess every sin they ever did. It's not about when, you know, you have to be baptized first and then you can be baptized in the Holy Ghost and then you have to. Hey, it's not, it's not a formula. These guys, before they even ever heard anything, I mean, they first heard the, the message and bam, the Holy Ghost filled all of them. They never confessed. They never even confessed Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Can you believe that? They just heard a message. Bam, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. So don't put God in a box. It's by grace. Okay, so hearing and believing a message is the most important thing. So they heard about Jesus Christ of Nazareth and how he died and raised from the dead. He said, all the prophets testify that everyone who trusts in him receives forgiveness of their sins. Whew, Holy Ghost came. So Galatians, did you receive the Holy Ghost by hearing or was it by doing? Okay. 
So that the King James says, was it by obeying the works of the law or was it by the hearing of faith? All right, so when we hear the message that brings faith, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. But verse 16 says, who has believed our report? Quoting out of Isaiah 53 saying, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. There you have all of it. The healing, the, 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 the moral thing that is, that is corrected in the heart. You have um, the power to heal the sick. By his stripes we are healed. Every sick person, every sickness that you've ever seen on this earth has already been paid for on the cross. And all of that... All that power, all that grace is given through the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost comes by hearing and believing. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, receive him right now. Invite him into your life. Ask him to come and fill you. And let him take complete control of your heart and your mind. Okay? May you just be filled and flooded with God himself. Receive it by grace. Grace means you don't have to pay for it, but you have to believe the message. That's it. It's simple as that. Just put your trust in Jesus and you receive the Holy Ghost who is real and powerful. And he will live inside you like Christ because he is Christ. And he will live through you like Christ, the perfection of Christ. And he can do what Christ can do. Jesus said, John 14, 12, anyone who steadfastly believes in me will do the works that I do and even greater works than these because I go to my Father. All right, so the Holy Spirit is the New Testament, new creation man. If you, if you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside you, manifested on you, that's the perfection of Christ. All right, all of that comes by grace. May you be blessed today. Let me just greet a few people. I greeted Greg. Just see, like I'm here to see Greg, man. You know, terug bel gestreng, sê weer bel. En Dini, bless you, Dini from George. And Harvey, bless you, man. It's good to see you, Gerry. Saraiki, hey, that's a big, great smile there. Okay, so and Harvey there, greeted Harvey. Um, I was told to stop preaching about grace and love all the time, to preach more on repentance of sin. Yeah, don't listen to that kind of thing. Repentance comes by the goodness of God, Romans chapter 2. So it's the goodness of God, I think it's verse 4, the goodness of God that brings people to repentance. So uh, the Holy Spirit will convict people of sin. We don't have to use the law to do that. Okay, so um, awesome, Harvey. Yeah, just keep on preaching grace, man. You'll see revival if you keep, keep on preaching it. Humblani, bless you, man. It's so awesome to see you. Uh, I'm so blessed to see that the new church that you guys are planting there. Um, may God just provide in every way. Be blessed in Bilani. You're an awesome man of God. All right, everyone. Thank you for watching. And uh, have an awesome day. And we'll see you again tomorrow morning at 9. Amen.